Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Back at all that the Lord has done. Uh, Many of you know, if you don't know, I'm a graduate of the DeLand School, the Bible Institute in DeLand, Florida. My pastor is James W. Knox. our sending church is the Bible Baptist Church in Deland, Florida. And we came here to uh, Cookville. We have we actually had no intention at all in coming to Cookville, Tennessee. It wasn't really even on the radar at all. Um, but the Bible says a man a man's heart does deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. Um, we looked all around and we settled on we wanted to try to be somewhere around middle tennessee but we were nowhere near cookville we were more near nashville because we thought being closer closer to an airport would be important and there was a lot of bedroom communities there that we thought would um, have a need for a good bible believing church but just kept meeting closed door after closed door Uh, so i had come back from a survey trip and i had met uh, that sunday in church Um, I had met a man that was visiting from Middle Tennessee. He was down in Orlando doing a cabinetry conference and uh, he visited our church and he, we got to meet and uh, actually some of the fellows, they introduced me to him because he knew, they knew that I was looking uh, to come to Middle Tennessee. And he said, you got it. Brother's name was Nick Holman. He said, you got to get with brother Nick. So I got with Nick and we had a really good discussion. Long story short, he said, I asked him straight up. I said, you're from Tennessee. Why don't you tell me where you think I should look? <laughs> you know the area much better. And he immediately said, I think you should look at Cookville. So I said, okay, uh, I'd like to do that. I said, I just came back from a survey trip looking somewhere out near Nashville. But he said, if you plan the trip, you come on, I'll put you up um, for a couple of days. And so we planned that. I, I came out here just by myself first and stayed with Brother Nick visited his church. He goes to Cornerstone over in Carthage. And uh, it everything seemed to just kind of fall into place. Uh, and so just to kind of fast forward ahead, we decided that this is where the Lord would have us because every other door kept closing. and But this situation was different. It seemed like every door was opening. And so we decided that we were going to touch ground here in Cookville, Tennessee. And our plan was to just start from scratch. We were going to visit some churches while we got here, which is what we did for about six to eight weeks. And the plan was to uh, just rent a little storefront and just go ahead and keep evangelizing and, and just go ahead. But one of my, a good friend of my pastor I had met when I got out here. We had visited his church and he became a really good advisor and mentor to me out here. Uh, Brother Melvin Daniel over in Albany Independent Baptist Church in, uh, in Albany, Kentucky. And really good, we became very good friends. And he said, um, before you rent a storefront, you call me. I said, okay. So I called him and I said, hey, I said, Brother Melvin, I found something. I really think this is where Lord would have us to be. It was a downtown storefront down in uh, right on Spring Street. So he said, uh, 
an opportunity came up. I want you to look at it. He said, there's a church in town that needs a pastor. I said, oh, I said, I, I kind of want to just start from, from scratch. He said, he said, I'm not telling, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm just really strongly encouraging you to walk through this door. So I thought about it, prayed about it. And I said, uh, well, the Lord's opening up this door. I think it'd be best for me to walk through it. So I did. We ended up spending four months this church, and it was it was it was a blessing. We learned a lot. One of the things that uh, one of the things that I found was that most of my preaching prior to come here, prior to coming here, was on the street corner. Preaching the gospel, it's the same message over and over. Or it was in nursing homes. <laughs> you're, you're preaching to people that, you know, are either falling asleep, drooling, or, you know, making some strange noises. And But, and you know, you're on the, you're on the rotation to, to teach at your home church. So this opportunity was really good because... I actually got to kind of create a little bit of a style. I got to have some momentum of teaching consistently. And that was a real, that was a real blessing. Uh, but anyway, let me just back up a little bit. Cause I told brother Melvin. Okay. He said, he said, why don't you just go visit and, and see how the Lord directs it. And uh, long story short, it worked out, but I had gone down that Monday and I told the, the landlord because i had the lease in hand i told the landlord so we lord opened up a better opportunity so we're going to pass i'd given him back the lease and the lord just kind of cleared the way for that and that that church had some needs we were able to fill that, that those needs um we had some needs that church was a real blessing to us filled filled some needs there um it didn't work out it was okay because the lord had something better uh, but we had met Sister Caroline there. We met Myra. The Lord had brought her back to us here. And, and uh, we had met actually the Zachary family that visited us out there. And a lot of really good things came from that. But we were kind of back to square one. So we went back to, okay, we're just going to start fresh. The Bible says in Psalm 5, verse 3, My voice shall thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. So I want you to imagine for a minute, you're in a new town, you don't really know anybody, and you're trying to establish something for the Lord, and nobody knows who you are. I remember my pastor telling me, he says, you know, the way, if you if you just stay in the Bible, if you just stay in the Bible, that's the way the Lord's going to build his church. So as soon as you get out of the Bible, that's when, so I, that has always stuck with me. And that's what we had purpose in our heart. We're going to, Lord helping us, stay in the word of God. We had rented down on uh, South Jefferson, the country in and suites. We had talked to them there and they said, we have got some meeting space. We'll rent to you. And we had our first church service there on November 4th, 2018. It was me, my wife, Josiah, Hannah, Sister Caroline, and then the Jacket family from Florida, from our, our home church. They were up, and that was our very first church service. 
Now we had an agreement with the sales manager at that hotel. They would rent to us month to month. But when we came in on that first Sunday, the sales manager said, well, I talked to the owner and he didn't like the idea of having the meeting space tied up all the time. So you would have to renew it each month. And if nobody else rented it, you could have it. So I'm like, oh, no. I said, okay, well, do we at least have it for this month in November? She said, yes. I said, okay. I said, that's really not going to work for us because we need to know we have a place to go. So we st I started calling around and we found across from Sam's, the Holiday Inn. I said, here's our situation. We're just getting started off. Would you rent to us? They said, yes. Could you do it month to month so that we know we can have a renewal? She said, yes. So we moved over there. That was hotel number two. Well, during that time, uh, you still have this thought in your mind. You're the hotel you're the hotel preacher who wants to come here some kind teach in a hotel meeting room. It doesn't really bring upon uh, you're committed. <laughs> you could just come and go. And so we continue to to kind of keep our options open and. We found an option. We found an option because across from the post office down, not the one downtown, the one down, uh, down south of downtown, had some meeting space. We'd all looked at that, Caroline, some other folks that were with us, wife would look at that space and uh, negotiated the price with the guy. And so the guy says, I said, okay, here's what we can afford. Here's what we think we can afford. <laughs> so we, we got the lease. I get this lease. I said, all right, I, I need I need a few days because I got to show everybody this. I don't want to do anything without getting all our folks involved. And so got the lease in hand. Well, that weekend down at the library, they had what they called the alphabet soup crowd had what they called the drag queen story hour. And so we seen this come up on on Facebook or something. So I said, my wife might show it to me. I forget, but we got to go down here. We got to pack up the tracks, get the scripture signs, pack up the kids. We got to go down there. So we did. It was the four of us. Caroline came down and uh, we get to the library and the place is packed. Packed. The whole alphabet soup crowd is just all over. But then there's Christians from the community. There's preachers from the community. There's Christians from outside of the community coming in. We said, wow. Well, most of these people didn't have anything to hold or anything to give out. So I said, well, we got our, uh, we always keep a stock in our truck. So well, we just opened the back of our truck and I told the folks, I said, hey, if you want some tracks and if you want some scripture signs, you just go ahead and help yourself. Just when you're done, just give it back to us. So we have people in the back of our truck grabbing our scripture signs and then they're out there holding truth and the people are getting tracks and and uh it was a it was a big thing that was going on and we just walked into it we had no idea and uh sounds like dad oh dad you gonna preach this good place to preach you gonna preach you gonna preach so preach and preach right out of john three and just as the serpent lift up wilderness even so must the son of man be lifted up and that went on and got the witness to have you ever witnessed to somebody 
standing in front of you one-on-one -on -one in full drag. <laughs> Rather interesting. <laughs> so we got to do that. And then there was some other, you know, another gentleman that was clearly, uh, clearly a sodomite, got the witness to him one-on-one, -on -one, like about a 20-minute conversation. Well, while all that's going on, some bigwig is there getting interviewed by the news. And I kind of seen that he had his eye on me. Afterwards, he comes over and he, and he confronts me quite aggressively. What's your name? Where are you from? What church do you go to? Who's your pastor? And so you know, I, I answer all his questions. I'm not sure if he's on my side or not. He says, I like what you and your, your group is doing. He said, there's so many Christians and pastors in this town that are wimps and won't stand up for the Lord. He said, I watched you deal with those two men. He said, I appreciate what you're doing. Where are you preaching on Sunday night? I said, well, nowhere, because we're we're in a hotel room and we can only afford Sunday morning. We got a two hour time slot. We got to be in and out. And he said, this man's name was Dale Walker. Dale said to me, he says, I've got some meeting space south in right right across the border in Sparta. You can come and you can come and use my meeting space, no charge. I said, You kidding me? He said, No, here's my card. I said, I said, uh, well, 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 when can we meet up? I said, How's Monday? I said, Monday's fine, I'll be there. <laughs> so I went there Monday, he showed us the place, we just hit it off. And uh, we had that place in Sparta. He said, you can use it. You can use that place in Sparta until the building sells. And so that's where we were after those two hotels. You know what I did that, that Monday? I went to the landlord that gave us the lease and I said, the Lord opened up a better opportunity. We're going to pass. And we had some great, great times at that place in Sparta. We have stayed committed and we're going to continue to stay committed to the Great Commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And people say, well, what good does open air preaching does? Well, it did us a good, a good bit. It opened us up two opportunities to talk to people one on one. And it opened up an opportunity for somebody to say. Those Christians are different. There's something about that ministry. Spurgeon said this. The great benefit of open air preaching is that we get so many newcomers to hear the gospel who otherwise would never hear it. He goes on to say the gospel command is go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But it is so little obeyed that one would imagine that it ran thus. Go ye into your own place of worship and preach the gospel to the few creatures who will come inside. Now that's what Spurgeon said. I thought that was pretty good. He goes on to say no sort of defense is needed for preaching out of doors, but it would need very potent arguments to prove that a man has done his duty who has never preached beyond the walls of his meeting house. A defense is required rather for services within buildings than for worship outside of them. This world and the devil's crowd is okay with you and I doing this. They do not want us bringing it out there. Mm -hmm. And we are not going to keep the gospel inside these four walls. 
we are going to bring it outside in as many ways, as many possible ways as we can. <clears throat> they had the drag queen story hour, so I had this bright idea. I have many bright ideas. Uh, <laughs> this one bright idea was, I said to my wife, I said, uh, well, if they can have drag queen story hour, why can't we just have Bible story hour? <laughs> it's a free library. If they're going to let the queers in, they're going to have to let the Christians in. So I went over to the library and I said, uh, uh, I'd like to have the meeting space and have Bible story hour for kids. So we did. And we ended up meeting the Sparkman family there. That's where we had met them. And uh, Jennifer was still pregnant at, at that time. And uh, so we had stayed in touch and, and, and Lord willing, uh, you know, they'll be able to join us uh, next week. But, you know, the Lord worked that out. People say every time somebody says, well, what good does it do? We don't know the good that it's going to do. We don't. We are told to sow seed. There's never anything wrong with the seed. It's just the ground that it falls on. Um, now we only ran it for like two or three weeks one family came sparkling family came the one time and then the next week it was just us and caroline and then one rebellious liberal so-called sunday school teacher showed up and she had every question ready for me so i'm sitting there and for an hour <laughs> you remember that day she just kept rattling question after question after question. And it was it was just really good. It was really, really good. And uh, by the end of it, she had a better view of what we thought and what we believed. Um, but, you know, a lot of these liberal preachers, they want they want the gay marriage and they want all that. And they think that we're mean and hateful and bigoted and all that. And she found out that we're not. We just want to obey what the Bible says. And if you love God. Do what he tells you to do. So it was good. But we had um, actually met Brother Mark Fuller there. He had visited us in Sparta. And um, Lord worked some things out. He's able to be here with us now. He's relocated. And we had done this outreach. I think the most we had in that place was 22 people. But we had done this outreach when we had first got, when we first got here. We stayed at a little 700-square-foot farmhouse in, in, in Gainesboro, Tennessee. We didn't have any cell service. There were two small bedrooms. There were no closets. And the bathroom door, you had to, like, suck in to get through the door to get into the bathroom. All of our clothes were in, you know, those cardboard boxes that you have for storage and you can put everything on the racks? Well, we just opened up the front, and that was – I made my wife a beautiful – custom-made uh, closet for our clothes. Yeah, that's a praise God for that. It's really. So, but we were looking for witnessing opportunities. So Gainesboro, they had, I never heard of it, but they had the Polk Salad Festival. So we went there and we passing out tracks and, and talking to people one-on-one. -on -one. And we had met this old lady who's there giving out tracks too. So Cheyenne ended up meeting her first and was talking with her for a good bit. And they're handing tracks out and talking to people together. And um, by the time I finally catch up with her, we started to talk a little bit more. She said, um, 
where, where are you? Where, where are you preaching? I said, well, right now we just got here right now. We're just visiting churches. So she said, uh, well, here's, here's my number. When you get something that's stable, you let me know, you know, when you get older, you're, well, the senior saints, you don't have time to spend meals with people if you want. So I took her number and I called her when we, we were in Sparta because I finally felt like we were settled into something. And I said, uh, we're, we finally got a place. I said, Here, here's our website. Here's the address. And she never showed. But another lady showed with her grandson. She said, I had forgotten the lady's name now, but she said, hey, you remember Mrs. So-and-so? I said, yeah. I said, I just, I just spoke with her about a week or so ago. She said, well, she had passed away, went home to be with the Lord. But, but before she passed, she told me that I should come and check out this church. So she'd come and visit us a few times, and she actually visited here once as well. But the Lord will work out the details when you and I do public ministry and the heartbeat from the pulpit and heartbeat from this church is to bring the gospel out into the world. That's the means that God uses to build his church. It's not programs and activities and all of this fluff that you use to just draw a crowd because Spurgeon also said, whatever you win them with, you're going to have to keep them with <laughs> So we have purposed in our heart that we are going to Lord help us stay in the Bible and take the gospel out into the world. We're going to do that in a variety of ways, open air preaching, track passing, um, scripture signs on your on your shirt, scripture signs on your car. Uh, and we can just go on and on. Well, we had gotten. To the point where Dale said to us, I've got a, what, what I think is going to be a buyer for the building. We don't have a contract yet. I just wanted to give you a heads up. So don't know. I'm not going back to, uh, to a hotel, Lord, please, please. So we had found this place off of 111. And I thought it looked great. But Caroline didn't. And he's <laughs> in Cheyenne. So. It was on the market, then off the market, then it came on the market again. And I, knew, and I thought it was a really good place. So I said, uh, I got the contract. I said, look, I can't make a decision. I have to talk to our folks. and We've got to pray about this. I said, but I don't want us to lose it if we want it. So can I give you a check that you hold as an escrow for a week? And then we'll give you a decision, yes or no. He said, yes, you can do that. So we gave, we gave this guy a check, $900. I took Caroline over there and she basically said, well, I'll follow you wherever you're going to preach, but do you really want to be preaching here? <laughs> she said, I, I think the Lord's going to have something better for us. Okay. So I'm driving home. I'm like, I don't know Lord, what you have better for us, but I bet you I can find it on Google. <laughs> so I went to Google and I found, if you go right down the corner here, it's called the Ben church right now. You go down that corner at the time the building was for sale so i seen it come up on the internet on google and i said oh i got a great idea i'll call them 
and I'll let them know that we're a new church and I'll ask them if they would lease or just rent to us until we're in a position to, you know, either buy it or, or have a lot of these ideas. So uh, as, as I'm, as I'm driving, I, I, we pass here or I pass here and I pull in the driveway. I said, oh, it's an independent Baptist church. So I, I remember calling this church before it came out here. But number online, because I looked up online, number online didn't match up with the numbers on the sign. I said, oh, maybe that's why they didn't get back to me, because they have a different number. So I said, well, let me call this preacher, because, you know, you're lonely and you want some fellowship. I figured, well, maybe we can go out and get some breakfast. Maybe we can do some street ministry together and all this. So I call him up. Pastor Ernie Gall answers the telephone. We start talking. He asked, you know, how the work's doing. I said, I'm, I'm a new church planner here in town, and um, there really aren't that many King James Bible-believing churches. I said, I figured I'd just give a call and introduce myself. I said, I'm a young preacher. I said, I'm new. We're in Sparta. We have a heart to minister to Cookville, and we're trying to do a lot of work on tech, campus, and all that. So he started asking me some questions about what I believe about the Bible, what I believe about end times, what I believe about all this, all this stuff. And I, I asked all the question. I finally said to him, I said, how's it going for you? He said, well, I'm older. He said, uh, quite honestly, we haven't done any evangelism in two years. And the conversation really developed itself into something pretty good because he said, um, we've been praying. For a year and a half. He's been praying specifically for a year and a half for God to send a church planner to Cookville, believes the Bible. He said, My health is failing, my wife's health is failing. We've been we we lost quite a few church members just because of age and death. And he said, um, he says to me, you know, I'd be willing to turn this work over to the right man. To which I said, When can we meet? <laughs> He invited me here and we had met. We had a great conversation. He asked me a lot of doctrinal questions. Wanted to know where I stood in a lot of things. Took a tour of the building and I had some concerns. He had some concerns. And I said, I said, I said, Pastor Galt, I said, I've started in a hotel. Then I moved our folks, which are small in number, to another hotel. And then out of that hotel, we moved to this conference room in Sparta. And now I'm going to move them for a fourth time. I said, I'm trying to, I'm not, I'm trying not to be the guy that's all over the place. I said, I don't want to move our folks again. Cause he said, why don't you just come on in and preach and just bring your folks over and just, and just come and preach. And I said, well, here's my concern with that. He said, uh, I hear you concerned, but this could be permanent. So I prayed about it, called him back, and I said, uh, we, we set up a time. I said, I have to talk to my folks about this first. And I did. And then I said, okay. I called him back, and I said, uh, you'd still like to have us come. I said, I can come. We set up a time, and it was, it was, uh, it was November the 3rd, two years ago. It was a year to the date that we had started. We ended up. Two years ago, we ended up preaching here. But when I set up the meeting, I forgot that my wife was going to be out of town with the kids visiting family in New Jersey. So I called him back and I said, well, 
do you still want me to come? I said, I forgot to tell you, we don't get to see family much. And my wife already had this trip planned. He said, no, you, you come on. We'll, we'll meet her at another time. So when I get here by myself, without, I mean, without my family, it's the folks pilgrim are here. He comes up and he says, uh, we're going to have Brother Jimmy come and give a message. But just know that his wife left him <laughs> for the weekend. <laughs> and so he really broke the ice. And but that started something really special because got to meet Kelly Ramsey, Lois Ramsey, Tom, who can't be here today, and his wife, Connie, as well. And it started something really, really good because this church was looking for some help. I was looking for some help. And I told Pastor Gall, I said. We had a second meeting after I, I taught here. He said, um, I said, sir, you're really throwing a young preacher a bone. I said, there's a lot of men that have a lot more ministry experience than I have. I said, this, you would be, you're being a huge blessing to me by even giving me the opportunity. And so I went on and I'm telling all this, you know, if you, if you've got somebody else in mind, I said it, this is a huge blessing for, for us. And he, he, he let me finish. And then he said, yeah, Brother Jimmy, you don't understand. You're just as much as a huge blessing to me as you are saying I am to you. He said, I'm older. I've ran my course. And we had a good, he helped me understand some things. And I learned from, from him the, the lesson of humility in a real way. An older man that has a lot more life experience that's tipping 80. I think he's eight. That demonstrated to me the character of humility at his age. Is he 77? And that really stuck with me. Because a lot of what's going on in a lot of churches that are older is that the preacher gets up in years, doesn't have the energy, doesn't have the vitality to do what he used to do in his 30s and 40s and 50s. He just hangs on to it to hang on to it as the thing is dying. Pastor Galt taught me a, a, in a real way, a real life lesson on what humility means. And that really stuck with me. It sticks with, with me to this day. And he said, this is the Lord's work. Why should I stay on? If the church is dying. And he really brought it. He really broke it down and said, this is about the Lord and his work has to go forward. So we had a really good conversation. Well, within three weeks, he said he, he had be right. We continued to talk, came in. He had preached his last message here. He said. Oh, Jimmy gave me his pastor's number. Give me a sending church number. He gave me all these references. He said, uh, I didn't have to call any of them because I heard this man preach. I know what he believes. He's the man for this job. My wife's looking over like, you're talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I say that kind of, you know, funnily, but the fact of the matter is it, it, it happened quickly. And 
So you know what I you know what I did after we had gotten confirmation? That was the third time where we had a lease in hand that we were ready to get a building and it didn't work out. And God said, I've got a better idea. And God had something better. And Brother Kelly and Sister Lois, Sister Sister Connie, Brother Kelly's wife can't be here much. Her health is failing. Um, and at the time, Brother Lloyd Garrett, Tom, and 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 uh, Brother Ernie Galton and his wife, those folks from Bible Baptist. Now, Man Bible Baptist, this building was built in 1968. They started Bible Baptist Church. 1970, they built this building. Lois's husband went home to be with the Lord in 1987. And him, brother, brother Kelly, his mom, Brother Kelly's wife, Tom, Brother Lloyd Garrett went home to be with the Lord, stayed faithful, faithful to this place for all those years. Brother Kelly was teaching the Bible in Sunday school and filling the pulpit for preachers while I was still squirting mustard in my diaper. Okay. He's been around a long time. He's been around a long time. And these senior saints, they want the Bible. They want the Bible to be taught. You're just knee high. You're just knee high getting started in life when they've already been living their life. That was the second lesson in humility that I learned because when Brother Kelly and I sat down, he said, what's your plans? They don't have time to play around. These younger preachers in their 40s or young to they're young to folks in their 70s, but they're teaching the Bible where you're still knee high. They don't have time to fool around. They want to know, what are your plans? What are you going to do? And I told them, we're going to evangelize the town. How are you going to do that? So here's how we're going to do it. Here's other ways we want to do it. We just don't have the resources. Yet. I said, second thing we want to do is we want to teach the Bible. We don't care about what tradition says. We want to know what the Bible says. He really liked that. That's what he wanted. And I said, the long-term, the final long-term goal we have is we want to start a Bible Institute. Our goal was, our goal, we had two, two long-term goals, 50-50, the 50-50 where God would send 50 laborers, 50 people by the time I'd reached 50. And the second one was that within five years, the Lord would make a way for us to be able to start a small Bible Institute so we can teach men the word of God and, and women. But specifically, men, the word of God, so they can get trained to get out in the field and do the work, of the ministry, which is not big light shows and know how to you know, make a big fuss, but go out in all the world and preach the gospel and evangelize people and then teach them the Bible. So that was our long term goal. And I told Kelly all that. Now, a lot of it hadn't come to pass, but we're 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 certainly working toward that end. Was Brother Lloyd 97? No, he was, I thought he was in his 90s. No? Yeah, no, no, yeah. Oh, Lloyd Garrett, 
couldn't come to church because he was so ill. I mean, his, his walks, his steps are just like this. But Kelly said, well, he's a member of the church. He should, can't come to church. I said, okay, well, we're going to bring church to him. So we just visit him. I go check in on him every two weeks. Hey, Lloyd, how's it going? Uh, we would bring, uh, Sister Caroline would get the kids ready for some song and some scripture memory. And we'd go over there and the kids would sing hymns to him and they would recite scripture uh, verses to him. So, you know, crocheted him something and really just loved on him and, and gave him some Christian company and you get up older in years, you you just you just can't come to church. You bring it to them. So that's what we did. Um, uh, he went home to be with the Lord. Well, when the when the big tornado cut through here, uh, Lloyd. So I got to go check on Lloyd. I get there. He had round the clock care. One of his sons was there. He said, uh, "I said, oh, where's where's brother Lloyd? He's usually sitting in the chair in the living room." He goes, "Oh, he's still in bed." <laughs> I said, look, you know a hurricane, you know a tornado just ripped through here? No. <laughs> uh, but he was fine. But he went home to be with the Lord. That was the first funeral I had to do. And Kelly was with me, came to that funeral as well. And uh, we prayed and talked. And, you know, it's a sad time, but it's also a glorious time because no more pain for him. So, been through a lot with, with, Brother Lloyd and that whole situation. Um, but Kelly had spoken to him when I was there. We had a good meeting, and he said, I want the Lord's work to go on. So these members of Bible Baptist, they had all gotten together. They had all agreed that we're going to merge the two churches together, move it forward, and change the name of the ministry to Pilgrim Baptist Church. So far, here's what we've done. We've remodeled the downstairs bathroom. We've got a new sign that was put up. There was a water leak from the road to the church house. We had gotten that repaired. The carpet out there was replaced. Uh, Kelly and I about broke her backs trying to scrape all that old carpet out. And he finally brought his power washer over. And I don't think that was even, it was easier, but it still took a bunch of time. It was that was the roughest thing we tried to do. We got finally got new carpet out there, um, all the, the the back pavilion all power washed and restained, all the old overgrown brush we cut all that back, all the wallpaper downstairs was ripped out and we had we had painted all of that. Um, George Whitfield said this, and in in the midst of all of this, we are doing weekly consistent public ministry and George Whitfield said other men may preach the gospel better than I but no man can preach a better gospel and we've stayed committed in trying to get the gospel out to this lost and dying world and we just want to say when a man or a preacher moves their family away from what they're comfortable with, what they're used to, their friends, a good, healthy, functioning New Testament church to a new town, you're asking a lot of them. And parents, your kids really don't have a choice in a lot in what they do because you're the dad or you're the mom. And my wife and kids, especially my kids, have kept such a great attitude. We were downtown Friday, well, Jim's down with us. 
and he had a really good witnessing opportunity, really good 20 to 25 minute talk with this lost man. And I'm watching my kids still happy to be out in the street holding signs. And watching, watching an older man tell somebody about Jesus Christ with interest. I'm telling you, if you want to grow a church, you've got to do it God's way. We want our desire. We want to have young families here. We want to have children learn how to share the gospel. We want children to learn how to knock on doors. It was we had done last year. We had knocked. It was really cold. We had done this half of this neighborhood. Hannah says to me, Dad, we didn't finish. We got it. You told me we were going to finish this neighborhood. And it's 30 degrees. <laughs> well, we went and knocked this neighborhood to finish it. We knock on the door. And the lady says, well, why don't you come on in? <laughs> so me and Hannah going in. You hardly ever get invited to anybody's house nowadays. And she said one of the most wonderful things that someone can say to me, which was what? Would you like some coffee? <laughs> so I said, sure. She said, I'm a healthcare worker here. Um, can you give the gospel to this older lady, please? I said, sure. That's why we're here. And she sat there. She didn't talk. She just sat in her chair and had full-time care where they just rotate the. I sat on the couch away from her and I began to tell her about Jesus and the problem of sin and what Jesus did to pay for her sin. And that as good as you may have been, none of us are good enough. I don't know what she's been doing in her life. I'm not getting any reaction except I've seen her eyes move. I've seen her go, go twinge in her face like she's listening. And I finally turned to the lady and I said, uh, have you heard this message before of Jesus Christ? He said, I've never really heard it quite put that way. I said, do you know for sure that if you were to die now, you would go to heaven and be with the Lord? She said, no. So will you commit to pray and to think about these things seriously? He said, I will. People say, I don't know what good comes out of door knocking. There was one. There was one. The Lord will provide the increase. I don't have an exact count, but I would estimate easily we've put out 20,000 tracks. The 4th of July uh, uh, witnessing uh, evangelistic outreach that we do every year. Brother Kelly came. We had backpacks and given John and Romans out because I think we were out of the freedom tracks. And we're giving John and Romans out. At the end of it, we're in the public's parking lot after they shot off the fireworks. Um, us and, and the Zacharys, Derek's there with his kids. and and. We've got young people, all the cars are leaving Publix, and our young people are standing out there with scripture signs, singing hymns, and people are driving. They've got their windows down, they're going thumbs up, they're saying amen, some are taking tracks, and all of it was well received. How does that happen? I don't know how it happens, other than to tell you, honestly, from my heart, if we get plugged in to wanting to live for God, and we stay in the Bible and want to do it God's way, he will work out all the details. We don't have all the details. We've probably had thousands 
thousands of cars seeing our scripture sign. When they shut the whole thing with COVID, we went out down the corner, across from the liquor store where we usually stand. And you know what they did? They You couldn't go into businesses. So the liquor store guy, he set his thing out on the, on the uh, front of the door. And you couldn't come in, but he'd sell it kind of like curbside. And people couldn't come in the store. So you know what they had to do to get liquor? They had to wait in line outside. Guess who's across the street from them? Street preachers. <laughs> the Bible says you must be born again. We talked to them about living water. They couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> now, they heard truth. They heard truth. And some of them came before they passed us. We give them a track and talk to them. But look, the Lord worked out all these things. We had this lady. We were. Uh, we went downtown. We did some. We did some scripture sign. And then we went. Uh, we walked to the park. We gave out some tracks, talking to some folks. There really wasn't much going on. So we said, "Well, let's go down to Hell's Corner." And it was Josiah, I, and, and uh, Thomas was here, uh, missionaries in Uganda. Now we go down the west side. Let's go down to the west side where. Uh, Hell's Corner is where all the liquor stores are. So we gave out some tracks, talked to some people. Well, we're leaving, and this lady is is coming out the bar. We look back, we could see her because she's yelling, "I know Jesus!" Well, she had seen on the back of Thomas's church it said, "Trust Jesus." So we go back. We go back, right outside of the uh, the nowhere bar and grill, and. We're, we're talking to this so-called Christian who just had a bad go at life and just got all mixed up, all confused, had bad relationships. And Thomas, and I'm watching my son, and we just got to tell her what Jesus Christ, how great God is. A church that isn't doing public evangelism in some way or form, they're not a New Testament church. The, that was the clear command by God. And God helping us, we're going to continue to do that. So far, because of your, well, we'll get to this, that in a minute. But a few things in, in closing is this. In 2021, we have been able to reach all 50 states. Ohio is our top state. I don't know how. 715. Uh, listen to California, Oregon, Tennessee, and Florida. They're the top five that, that listen online. Don't know who they are. just gives you where they come from. The bottom five, like well, only one person, New Hampshire, Alabama, Washington, D.C., Nebraska, and Maine. We've reached 80 countries. United Kingdom, 1,055 people were listened to, so I don't know. Spain, 161. Germany, 106. China, 91. Russia, 102. The lowest five, one person reached in Croatia, Botswana, Pakistan, Uzbekistan, and Togo. I don't know where Togo is. Finally, I'll leave you with this. The Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. We have a vision. We are a team. We are the body of Christ. We are a church family. And you know why 
we are going to be able to move forward because we have the Lord. The Lord is on our side. And we're going to move forward with the Lord. And then when we don't move forward with the Lord, then we don't do anything that's worth talking about. But if we move forward with the Lord, God's in it and God will build it. He promised that he would build his church. Our immediate vision is this. I, I can go on for hours, but it, it, I'll never say everything in one message. But as we look back and we thank the Lord for all that he's done, here is where our immediate vision is. 2022 coming up. Uh, we want to put more focus on a children's ministry. The Lord brought the Martinez family our way. and They're plugging in and wanting to help with that. And that's been a real, real blessing. And thank you for that. We have gotten the nursery just about done. It's been thawed out, redesigned. And my wife put a lot of time and thought. And she liked, I mean, that's her gift. She can look at something and make it look really nice. But we want a place where mamas can take their little ones. We want a place that nursery workers can be ready to work so that mamas can get a break. They come in and they just want, they want some downtime. But either way, whatever category you fall into, we want to have a good, nice place for mamas to come uh, or for their little ones to go so that we have, you know, we can hear the preaching of, of the word of God. The other thing is on our children's ministry is our Sunday school is at 10 a.m. for the kids. There's age appropriate lessons and we are going to put some more focus and emphasis. We want young families to come so that they can be taught the word of God in an age appropriate manner that doesn't replace this but just is, is an, an addition to some of our uh what we would like to accomplish in 2022 as well for the children's ministry is we have been seriously praying about trying to start a good news club so john paul's been here i've spoke with him a couple of times prior we need four, Brother John Paul said, we need four workers for Good News Club that we can get in that school right there. Now you got to get vetted. You got to get, you know, have all this whole process. It's not hard. You just got to do the legwork. Leg um, and along with the Good News Club, because when they grow and, and the kids do want to come to church, a lot of times the parents won't want to take them to church. But if you come smiling, it's a nice bus. Parents. Even nowadays, you'd be surprised. So now that can't happen tomorrow. That can't happen next month. But if we continue to pray about that, the Lord will make a way. I don't know how and I don't know when. But that's our children's ministry. Nursery, Sunday school, Good News Club, slash bus. And say, Brother Jimmy, that's a lot of stuff. How in the world is that going to happen? All I can say is I don't know. I don't know. But I know we serve a great God. And if we stay in the Bible and we pray and we do things the right way, God will make a way. Who's going to do it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who's going to do it. I didn't know that Brother Eric and Sister Chrissy were going to come. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to meet Brother Kelly. I didn't know I was going to meet Brother Jim, Sister Diane. I, I, didn't know, I didn't know any of this. God can make a way. Our building upgrades immediately just to kind of give you few last thoughts and then we'll pray. Uh, we have a priority when we get this front lobby fixed up. So we have a dividing wall when people come in. 
There's a little bit of a lobby, so we want to we want to get that done sooner rather than later. Also, we have in this back room we're making into a library. We got a bunch of stuff all over the place. We want to get this library fixed up so we can have good Christian resources. And then we have over here we have T-shirts and like a tract room, gospel tract room, and scripture sign room where people come in and get evangelistic stuff, shirts and and and, and tracts and all of that. So if you'd be praying about that, that's our short-term vision. Our long-term vision is that. We ultimately want to be able to start a small Bible institute. I'm wanting to do that within five years. We're three years into it. So we have two years. I don't want to rush the Lord and I don't want to stay behind the Lord, but you got to have some goals. And then you know that, I mean, I had a bunch of grand ideas and none of them worked out. <laughs> I didn't want to come here. I signed a lease. That didn't work. Wanted to get another lease. That didn't work. Wanted to get another lease. That didn't work. And every time I had a grand idea, said, God said, no, here's the way we're going to do it. <laughs> I don't know how things are going to work out, but I know God wants us to plan. He wants us to pray. He wants us to get prepared. And then he'll He'll move in and he'll say, let's just kind of get all your plans out of the way and all your timing. And here's the way that we're going to do it. So I don't know how God's going to do all the stuff that I said that we, we would like to do. But if, if you don't have a vision, where are you going to go? We need to have a vision. So that's the vision. If you would pray to that end. Lastly, uh, the Bible says every man according as he purposed in his heart. So let him give not grudgingly or of necessity for God loveth a cheerful giver. We had purpose in our heart to give cheerfully and we had purpose in our heart to not try to strong arm people into giving and to make all of these emotional guilt appeals to giving. And so, you know, we don't make a big fuss about money and finances around here. We're not going to send beg letters um, begging you for money. I'm not going to send you any of that. Um, I've said it before and I'll say it again. We need money to do the work of the Lord. I want to thank you for giving to our ministry because all of that money. And at the end of the year, we're going to have a nice spread. You'll be able to see where everything goes. All of that money goes to missionaries, goes to tracks. It goes to. Doing the building, all of it goes right into the work. All of it, every single dime of it. We want the Lord's work to go forward. Um, and your giving has enabled us to be able to do that. But here's what we say about giving. It's, it's biblical and it's scriptural. You must make a way for God's people to be able to give to his work. You must make a way. We've decided to just put a box in the back. We don't pass a plate because we don't want you to put Twenty dollars in because you saw, you know, brother Joe put twenty dollars in. We don't want you to feel guilty or not guilty or guilt somebody or not. Just try to take all that away. I've said this too. That doesn't mean we think passing the plates of sin. I know a lot of folks do that. I've got no. There's nothing there. It's just we we want to take a, any any perception away. We want to take it away. We put it in the back. I say this. God's got more money than me. God's got more money than you. So I'm not going to ask you for money. I'm going to ask you to ask God what he would have you give. I don't know who gives what, because I don't care. I care that we do things right. And I do care. We need to have giving because, you know, and what you think I don't care about you. I do. And I know you care about me. But as best we know how, we want to keep everything on the up and up so that God gets the glory and man doesn't. 
You are pilgrim. We are pilgrim. This world sticks together on everything. We need to stick together as brothers and sisters in Christ. And I realize, well, why is our church small? I realize a lot of it is because I'm, I'm a lot to handle. It, it's been said that it's just, you're too much for people. It's too, mu it's too much Bible. If you would just not say that, I think Lois was saying, yeah, we had a preacher here one time. They had a Halloween party downstairs. <laughs> so, well, they wouldn't like the message last week. You know, if you can just cut those messages out. I'll say this and we'll be done. Usually don't go this long-winded, but. The design to build churches today is based upon marketing principles, which don't fool me because I was a business person. So it's not. If I wanted to, I could build a big church. God wouldn't be in it. <laughs> it would just be a big, big church built. It's to find out what the world wants and then just slap a Christian label on it and act like it's Christian. And that's not the way God said to build a church. Little is much when God is in it. I want everybody in town to get saved. You want everybody in town to get saved. I want more kids to come. You want more kids to come. I want more folks to come in from the outreaches we do, just like you do. But if they don't, we're not going to bring in Pretzels the Clown and have a juggling show to bring a crowd. We're not. Well, nobody's coming. Oh, I know. Let's give out free gas cards. That'll get people. We're not going to give out free gas cards to get people. We're not. We're not going to take Pilgrim Baptist down and put a sign up that says, hey, come watch this Hollywood movie. That'll get them in. We're not going to do it that way. We're going to do it God's way. And everybody else, they can do whatever they want. And we're going to stay on the Lord's. We're going to stay on the winning side. We're going to do it God's way. And we can mumble and grumble and complain. Well, there's not enough this. There's not enough that. Or we can take all that desire that we have and go out and fight lost people. <laughs> and Lord willing, that's what we desire. Did you get all that? <laughs> I appreciate you young folks being here, sitting in the front, listening so diligently. That's a blessing. We got one, two, three, four, five, six young folks that are the future of the church. We don't want a church just with people 70 and older, and we don't want a church just with kids seven and younger. We want to have every age category. You know why? You kids are a blessing to me. I didn't have what you have. Growing up. And you kids are a blessing to these older folks. Because you bring some smiles, you bring some joys, you bring some. Oh, I remember when I used to run and fall and not be hurt <laughs> and get up and keep going. And they see you as a blessing because you're the future of the church. Likewise, you need to look back, young people. Turn around and look back. Look back. All those older saints, you know what they're doing? Praying for you. They're praying, saying, oh, Lord, please help them to grow up and serve the Lord. In whatever way you would have them serve the Lord, please. You're the future. You're the future of the church. 
We want to have a focus on that. Not all, not all about the young people, so don't get spoiled. But a church without young people is a dying church. We need to do all we can do to just inculcate that. We'll have some good Bible teaching tonight. We're going to go through the Ten Commandments and how they're restated in the New Testament. It's probably going to be a two-part thing. So if you want to come on back, we'll be here at 6 o'clock. That'll be it for this morning. It was more of a testimonial sermon. I hope you got a good picture and a snapshot of all that the Lord has done. I'm thankful to be used by him. I am thankful for you. And I know when something is new, people are reluctant. And I appreciate from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate you giving us a chance to become a church family. And I believe the Lord has worked out a lot of stuff. And I believe we're right where we need to be. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.